Hello, welcome to the On-Call Consults in less than 10-minute series on ENT in a nutshell, a complement to Headmere's online survival guide. I'm your host, Will Dittar, and today we are joined by Dr. Brianna Burris, a Chief Resident of Oral Maxillofacial Surgery. In this episode, we will cover dental alveolar trauma. Let's jump right in. Dental injuries are commonly found in patients with facial trauma, and the long-term definitive management of these injuries is mostly beyond the scope of this talk and typically managed by our oral surgery or dental colleagues. However, as a facial trauma consultant, we must be familiar with these injuries in the acute setting, and general management strategies are important to recognize and understand. Dr. Burris, what is dental alveolar trauma? Traumatic injuries, luxations, fractures, and avulsions of hard and soft tissue of the oral cavity. And what is the incidence and etiology of these injuries? Primary cause of dental alveolar trauma in the pediatric population is ground-level falls and most commonly results in injury to maxillary teeth. Dental alveolar trauma in adults most commonly results from motor vehicle collisions, contact sports, and assault. And can you tell us about the can't-miss diagnoses? Rapidly expanding hematoma, teeth aspirated at the time of initial injury, grossly mobile dentition that pose an aspiration risk, don't miss differentiating a loose tooth from a loose alveolar segment, associated mandibular or maxillary fractures, traumatic occlusion, and dental alveolar injuries that may require complex management strategies, including through and through lacerations of the lips, cheeks, or tongue, displaced dental alveolar segments in intubated patients, iatrogenic tongue contusion or abrasions in intubated patients due to involuntary clenching of masticatory muscles. And what history do you take? Mechanism and timing of injury are most important because timing determines the prognosis of dentition after interventions like reimplantation or reduction of the dental alveolar segment. And what are the supplies that you're bringing to these consults? Appropriate PPE, a headlight, tongue blades, and local anesthesia with vasoconstrictor to aid in hemostasis and pain control. And tell us about the physical examination of these patients. For this episode, we will assume that a primary and secondary trauma survey have already been performed. A complete head and neck exam with a detailed intraoral exam paying attention to structures in an organized fashion, lips, teeth, gums, floor of mouth, tongue, palate, and oropharynx. Adequate exam may require local anesthesia or IV sedation if a patient is uncooperative. Document the dentition present and malocclusion. We expect a total of 28 to 32 teeth depending on presence of wisdom teeth or previous extractions. Count the number of teeth in each quadrant, document any edentulous bands or obvious exposed tooth sockets. If you're unsure about occlusion, attempt to match up maxillary and mandibular wear facets as a guide. Maxillary and mandibular teeth tend to fit together like puzzle pieces. And lastly, you could perform a tongue blade test, which is greater than 95% sensitive for mandible fractures. A patient bites on a wooden tongue blade using their posterior teeth. If the provider is unable to break the stick against the bite force, this is a positive bite stick test suggesting a mandible fracture. And what imaging do you order in the acute setting? A CT is usually acquired prior to consultation. While a Panorex is the gold standard, they are often difficult to obtain in the emergency department setting and are not typically required for acute management. Consider a chest x-ray to rule out foreign body aspiration. And can you tell us about the acute management by injury type, starting with the mucosal laceration? Complex lacerations or through-and-through lacerations would require layer of repair with a resorbable suture. 
I recommend chlorhexidine for prophylaxis of intraoral wounds. And what about avulsed teeth? Patients may present with the avulsed tooth in a storage medium. Teeth are best preserved in Hanks solution, water, or saliva. Reimplantation of avulsed teeth is only strongly recommended within one hour of the initial injury. This recommendation is due to the risk of developing a pathologic fusion of the tooth root to the tooth socket, termed ankylosis. If a tooth is reimplanted greater than 60 minutes after injury, incidence of ankylosis reaches nearly 100% and reimplantation is generally not recommended. Can you tell us about fractured teeth management? The important thing to note is exposed pulp. If the central red pulp of a tooth is visible, that is an Ellis class 3 fracture. Treatment includes a course of prophylactic antibiotics, amoxicillin for 7 days, placement of calcium hydroxide over this exposed pulp if possible, and follow-up with a general dentist within 48 to 72 hours for possible root canal therapy. And what about for subluxed or luxated teeth? Teeth can be displaced in numerous directions and may or may not be mobile. As an OMFS resident, we treat traumatic luxations with repositioning of the tooth or teeth and placement of a semi-rigid composite splint. If you do not have access to dental materials, displaced teeth can be temporarily stabilized with the use of Copac. Copac is an intraoral surgical dressing with a similar consistency to silly putty that stiffens as it sets. Alternatively, a stock rubber mouth guard can be used as interim stabilization or to protect soft tissues like the tongue from sharp edges of teeth if a patient is intubated and clenching down. And tell us about the management of mobile teeth. Assess mobility of teeth and dental alveolar ridges using bimanual inspection. Gross mobility is indicated by greater than 3 millimeters of lateral mobility in any direction and can pose an aspiration risk. Consider consultation to hospital dentistry. And how about dental alveolar fractures? In comparison to mobile teeth, in dental alveolar fractures, the teeth will often move together as one segment and not individually. Dental alveolar fractures are treated with semi-rigid stabilization for four to six weeks using eric arch bars and wires. Viability of the individual teeth within the segment is dependent on reduction in stabilization within 48 to 72 hours of initial injury. Subperiosteal dissection is ideally avoided to preserve the blood supply. Long-term micromotion of an untreated dental alveolar segment can lead to loss of tooth vitality or osteonecrosis. And Dr. Burris, can you tell us about the indications for extracting a tooth uh, in the line of a mandible fracture? A grossly infected tooth, a fractured tooth with exposed pulp, a grossly mobile tooth that is not contributing to a stable occlusion, or a tooth preventing mandibular fracture reduction. Traumatic occlusion is a displaced tooth or displaced fracture segment that results in premature interference when the patient attempts to close their mouth completely. Acutely, traumatic occlusion can cause localized tooth pain and subjective malocclusion. A long-term consequence is strain and degeneration of the temporomandibular joints. And are there differences in management between pediatrics and adults? Absolutely. In adults, acute stabilization of dental alveolar trauma is followed by restorative options like root canals or dental implants. Children with injuries to primary teeth are not candidates for re-implantation, root canals, nor dental implants, so expedited follow-up with a pediatric dentist is necessary for appropriate restorative planning. And what about the disposition for these patients? 
Follow up with a general dentist within 24 to 48 hours for luxations, Ellis class 3 fractures, and avulsed teeth after reimplantation. See the guidelines for the treatment of traumatic dental injuries at aae.org or visit dentaltraumaguide.org for management recommendations. So that concludes our episode on dental alveolar trauma. Dr. Burris, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Will. <laughs>